This is Dropout Nation. I'm Rashawn Biddle. Today on the Dropout Nation podcast, high expectations matter. Why what we expect out of all children is critical to systemic reform. One of the consequences of getting older is that you're not disturbed by very much because you expect bad things and sometimes terrible people. But the news that's been coming out of American public education over the past few weeks has been absolutely disturbing to me. Just as importantly, in fact, more importantly, what people who care about children, people who are supposed to be working to advance systemic reform, what they have been saying about children, especially black children, especially children that look like my son, it's been absolutely disturbing to my soul. And it brings up, brings up one of the most important issues, in fact, the most important issue in transforming American public education, that high expectations matter. Now, you to go through the news of the past few weeks, some of you already know, but for others, there are all these other issues that have been going on. Let's start off with the fact that this past couple of weeks, we've seen the results from the National Assessment of Educational Progress, and we have seen the fact that so many of our children in eighth grade, the point in which they go from being children who are going into elementary, early secondary level and learning to the point where they need to be ready to take on the challenges of college and career. The point where they need to go into high school and learn all that they need to be successful in the rest of their lives. That so many of them have seen declines in their performance. In fact, we've seen a three percentage point increase in the number of black eighth graders reading below basic on NAEP. Basically, functionally illiterate. We've seen a two-point increase in the number of Latino eighth graders reading below basic. We have seen very little progress in the percentage of young men of all backgrounds, especially young black men, in their reading. No, Almost no progress at all. It's been absolutely disturbing. Because at this point, we should be, they should be getting ready for success. And after eight years in school, they should be ready to take on the challenges of life. And they're not. Then there's all the news that comes out as you look at NAEP. The fact that many of our states and districts have been excluding high levels of special ed students and kids in English language learner programs from the exam. Basically, test cheating, attempting to not show how well or how poorly children are doing in school. This is also absolutely disturbing because it includes some reform-minded districts, districts such as D.C., which are supposed to be leading in reform, excluding as many as 36%, 44% of the kids who are in these special programs, these kids who have been condemned to special ed ghettos, these kids who need English language instruction and help in their re in their speaking English have been excluded from this exam because 
let's keep it real, the districts are afraid that those numbers will show how poorly that they are doing. And of course, when this stuff happens, they blame it on the kids. And that's what's been happening. But none of those things have been nearly as disturbing as all of the talk and all of what's been happening on the school discipline front. See, in the past couple of weeks, we've seen the incident at Spring Valley High School in South Carolina where a 16-year-old girl, a young girl who just lost her mother, whose mother died, a young girl who is in foster care right now because she has no one to take care of her. She was beaten and arrested by a police officer in a classroom, in front of a teacher, in front of a school leader, folks who just stood by and let it happen, let this young girl get beaten, get thrown around, get arrested, and then arrested another child who stood in defense of her. Be all because she took a cell phone, a smartphone, out of her pocket. She took out a cell phone in class. Which is something that the rest of us as adults do in meetings every day. The fact that there were so many people who, that this cop did this to her. And then there were so many people within the community and within the nation who defended this action. And yes, there was a lot of people who were outraged. But there were others who defended it and said she deserved it. This is absolutely disturbing to me. A child being beaten by a cop disturbing and then what has been happening with success academy charter schools in new york city where it has been revealed through a series of fracases between eva moskowitz the head of the school and john merrow that the school has been suspending high levels of its students and in fact suspending them multiple times some of that has already been known, but the fight between Merrow and Moskowitz revealed even more things, such as the fact that there was one school in the Fort Greene section of Brooklyn in New York City where they kept what they called a got-to-go list, a list of ch children who were to be ousted and thrown out of the school because they were not what that school wanted. Which raised the suspicions that perhaps this is happening in other schools, which is basically what is probably is happening. Of course, unlike the Fort Greene School, one can be willing to bet that the folks at Success Academy are not keeping paper and, and preserving a paper trail. But what's even worse is that we have reformers. People who are supposed to defend the futures of children, who are defending the actions of Success Academy, saying that, well, these young kids, they're, tr they're troublemakers and they're disruptive, and so they should be thrown out of the schools. Folks such as Michael Petrilli, the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, folks such as his partner in crime at Fordham, Robert Pondiscio, writing in national outlets such as U.S. News and World Report, defending these practices, basically saying that, well, charter schools aren't really public schools, and therefore they shouldn't serve all children, and they should be able to kick out any child they want, and actually 
abuse children through the overuse of suspensions and expulsions, even though the data has shown over the past 30 years, three decades of data showing that the, the use of suspensions and other harsh forms of discipline don't work. It doesn't change behavior. It doesn't improve student achievement. And in fact, it's oftentimes targeted towards black children, poor and minority children, especially black children. But of course, this is not shocking in a way, but it's disturbing because it follows upon an earlier piece by Petrilli in particular that stated that, you know, these school that schools should do well for kids who supposedly care as if children get to choose the learning environments that they get to choose to actually learn or they get to choose what to learn when we know that isn't so. And the fact that there are other reformers out there, reformers who I consider to be colleagues, reformers who I consider to admire who are either being equivocal on this issue or actively defending Moskowitz and defending the, this approach, this barbaric approach to, to actually helping children learn, it's disturbing to me. And it's disturbing to me for this important reason. Because it proves what I've always thought and what has always been demonstrated and what we know by evidence to be true, that high expectations matter. And when adults have low expectations for children, they will not only damage them, but will defend any kind of damage done to them. But you ask the question, why do high expectations matter? Of course, this is a constant dropout nation subject, and we've given previous reasons earlier on. But here are three more reasons why expectations, high expectations matter. The first reason why high expectations matter is because it dictates intentional actions towards children. High expectations dictate intentional actions. When you see a child learning, when you see a kid who's been struggling in school, gaining, they go from being struggling readers to actually reading at proficient and advanced levels. When you see a child become a musical prodigy at age seven, this, it's not because of some genetic destiny. It isn't because of just happenstance. It is because the adults around that child are intentionally working with the child to get them to the levels of success. This is clear in a study that was done last year by Maria Blanton of the Technical Education Research Centers in studying a operation called Project Leap. What they showed is that children in the early grades can master algebraic concepts if they're provided a regimen of intensive curricula and instruction that focuses on kids learning how to do such aspects of algebra as identifying variables that represent an unknown quantity. The point being is this. When you intentionally ch teach children, when you intentionally teach children what they need to learn, they will learn. When you intentionally teach children and intentionally remediate them, when you intentionally help them succeed at every level, when you intentionally look at them and say that they're not fools or, 
or they're not cognitively inferior, but they are capable of genius, then you are going to actually take intentional actions, intentional actions in instruction, in curricula, in building cultures that will help children succeed. On the other side, when people have low expectations for children, especially children from poor minority backgrounds, they will intentionally neglect them and abuse them, educationally, emotionally, and otherwise. They will also defend actions that neglect and abuse children. In short, expectations dictate your intentions, which in which at the end of the day dictate your actions, especially towards children. As I said, high expectations dictate intentional actions. The second issue and second reason why high expectations matter is because high expectations demonstrate love for children. And I'll take this from personal experience. See, as a father, I've learned a long time ago that the things I do for my son are demonstrations of my love for him. It is why I put him in bed by 8 p.m. every night. Because I know sleep is critical for his growth, and I love him, so I want him to grow. I set limits on his behavior because I love him, and I don't want him to one day be hurt by folks out in the world who don't care for him. It is also why I also use sense in my discipline, why I don't do things such as just arbitrarily time him out or arbitrarily lecture him on why he shouldn't do things. I pick specific issues and I use p punishment and discipline accordingly. Well. This is the point. When you love a child, you set high expectations for that child. When you love a child, you do everything you can to help him grow. When you love a child, you use proper discipline at proper times. When you love a child, you have expectations for them and more importantly, most importantly of all, you expect great things for them because you love them and therefore you want to protect them and you want them to grow. On the other side, when you don't love children, you have low expectations for them. When you don't love children, you will oversuspend them. When you don't love children, you will allow police officers to go and grab them and throw them around and beat them and arrest them for things that aren't crimes. Having a cell phone in your hand is not a crime. And those who defend that, that's a problem. A child saying just being disrupted that's not a crime and when you defend those school leaders and teachers who do damage to our children through overuse of suspensions and expulsions 
when you defend those school leaders and teachers who do not provide children with high quality expect high quality education and high quality instruction and high quality curricula you are basically saying that you don't love children and yes i'm going to say folks that a good number of folks out there who have been defending some of these actions who have been actually been excluding children from exams they don't love children if they did they would have high expectations for them and wouldn't do what they have done so of course high expectations dictate intentional actions high expectations demonstrate love for children and finally high expectations delineate where you stand for children and people and communities that they come from see when you have high expectations for our children when you have high expectations for black children for latino children for asian children for white children you are saying that you love and you are standing for the communities from which they come from you are standing for their parents you are standing for their communities that you will defend and fight for them when you say i expect all children to read at proficient and advanced levels and I will do everything I can to help them when you demonstrate your love for children you're saying that I love their parents I love their communities that I will do what's best for them unfortunately we have a whole bunch of people who through their low expectations for our children have delineated have made clear where they stand for certain people and I'm blunt when I say this some of my reform allies for all their wonderful for all they do some of them don't really like black children and that means they don't like black people and that means they don't like me which is a problem because I am black and when they say when they don't like Latino children they don't love Latino children they don't love Latino people and they will not do right by Latino communities either it is a very clear thing where you stand in terms of high expectations for our children show where you stand for the communities from which they come and so you when you have high expectations for all children you are showing that you have concern and care and are willing to fight for the human rights the equal rights the constitutional rights for their parents and their communities so yes we should be disturbed by folks who have low expectations for our children we should be disturbed by their demonstration of their low expectations we should be angry at their what they do and we should call them out whether they're our allies or our opponents because at the end of the day if they're if they don't have high expectations for our children they're not worth anything in building brighter futures for them listen to the dropout nation podcast every sunday also read dropout nation every day for your news and commentary on the reform of american public education and read my columns in the american spectator and elsewhere this is Dropout Nation. I'm Rashawn Fiddle. You have a great night.